You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Those ordinary words were made famous by Detective Joe Friday, played by the actor Jack Webb in a 1950s TV drama, Dragnet. Just the facts. Those three little words defined Joe Friday as a no-nonsense guy who was just interested in the truth. But what if the facts actually are not the truth? What if the facts hide the truth? Hey, hello, and welcome once again, storytellers, to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life, where you learn about the power of stories in your life and business. When you change the story in your head, then you change the results that you get in your life. When you start communicating with the principles of dramatic storytelling, you go from invisible to visible to attractive, to in-demand. Our sponsor for this show is Audible, which brings you the best in learning and entertainment in the form of audiobooks. As a listener, you're entitled to a free download of any audiobook of your choice, and you can choose from 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com dot com forward slash story power. I would love to know what you get from this show. I would also like to know the things that you would like to see in it. Send me your emails at Lewis L O U I S at Change Your Story Podcast dot com. I will read all of them and I will share some of them live on the show. You're in for a special treat today. Our guest is a top, brilliant internet marketer who understands how a good story is more powerful and truthful than the facts in your marketing message. He will help you to make more money by simply telling the truth, and he'll show you how stories sell and facts repel. His name is Omar Martin, and he's built a powerful internet marketing business right from a spare bedroom in his home. He really got started online in 2006, and at that time, the only thing he knew how to do online was, well, how to check his email. In 18 months, he went from $0 to an internet income of $320,000 a year, and today, he runs a seven-figure powerhouse marketing company called Higher Level Strategies with his beautiful and awesome wife, Melinda. I'm honored and excited to welcome my friend, mentor, and favorite homeboy, Omar Martin. Omar, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Well, thank you, man. I'm going to have a hard time living up to that awesome introduction, Lewis. Thank you for having me on the show and introducing me to all your people. 
Oh, man, you're not going to have a hard time living up to it at all. You're just being humble pie. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the most interesting things uh, for our people to know is that before Internet marketing, you had a very, very different life. Mm. And can you tell us uh, something about that? Yeah, man. I, I mean, actually, I, I've done a lot of things in my life. Like most entrepreneurs, you know, it's like you've done a, uh, so many things uh, in order to find the one that that you um, that you really uh, excel at. And for me, uh, a big portion of my life was uh, was in medicine. Uh, before that, I used to be a DJ. That's how I paid my way through college. But I went to medical school and um, I became a physician's assistant. I worked as a PA in New York. But uh, for the uh, majority of my pre internet marketing life. I was a paramedic for the New York City Fire Department. And I did that uh, for for many years. I did it very proudly. That all came to a swift end on uh, September 11th, 2001. And uh, that was when I packed up, moved to Florida, you know, started a new direction, started a new life. And uh, I, uh, I, I needed money. So I just took the first job I could find. And that was uh, selling door to door. Uh, so I became really good at sales and then eventually uh, decided, well, I don't want to go door to door anymore. And I turned to the Internet to uh, to to make money. And uh, here I am today. I find that an amazing story. It could be a little film script by itself. Omar, I've known you for a while and I know that 9-11 had a profound effect on you. How did it bring you to the decision to give up medicine and pursue something else? Well, you know what it is? Um, uh, it's, there's a brotherhood in any kind of service like that, whether it's uh, I worked for the New York City Fire Department, you know, whether you're a police officer, a fireman, um, you know, paramedic, EMS, you have you have this brotherhood with your um, uh, with your coworkers, you know, your partners, you know, because you get put into all these different sorts of dangerous situations. And, uh, you know, just going through that kind of stuff, you develop a kinship with them. And on that day, um, I, I was really all about the medicine. I, I was stud- I wanted to be a physician and I was studying medicine and, and I liked the medicine part of being a paramedic. I wasn't into the lights and the sirens part and the running around with the uniform part and all that. I really liked treating patients. Um, I, I lost my best friend and partner uh, on September 11th. I wasn't on duty that day. I was not working. And uh, my partner David lost his life. And David and I shared a lot of similar dreams. He was an entrepreneur as well. And we knew that medicine and uh, being a paramedic and we knew that that was all a stepping stone and stuff we liked doing. But David had this idea of opening up a fitness center. He wanted to actually open up a mini mall and have a, uh, a, a spa, a fitness center. Uh, he wanted to sell vitamins and supplements. He was real into health and fitness and stuff. And, uh, you know, on September 11th, he was killed. And I wasn't there. And all those dreams that he had died with him that day, you know, and I said, no, I, I, I have dreams, too. And I decided I wanted to. And it was just it was just the event for me. It was just it was the event that that, uh, you know, we all have those events that divide our lives, you know, and uh, everything becomes something that happened before that event or after that event. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you get married. And you're talking to somebody later, oh, yeah, that was before I got married. Or, oh, yeah, that happened after I got married. There are these big events in our lives that divide the timeline of our lives. And things either happened before then or after. And, and September 11th for me was one of those events. And uh, I, I knew that I wanted to pursue my dreams. And it wasn't going to happen, uh, you know, working as a paramedic. And, and I just, you know, I just wanted to change. I just, I just took what I owned, put it in my car, and drove down to Florida. And um, that's where I met my awesome wife. She actually interviewed me for that sales job. Wow. 
That is powerful, my friend. It's as if Osama bin Laden tore all of the previous pages from your storybook of life, and now you were looking at a blank page, and you could either create a new story or not, and you did. Now, I would love to hear about how you actually, well, how you met Melinda, because <laughs> I know it's a great story. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I pulled into a Seven Eleven. I only had like two hundred bucks in my pocket, so I needed a job. And uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I just opened the paper, and I, I, I was actually considering getting back because you know, after years and years of uh, working as a paramedic and all the medical training and education that you have, it's kind of like it becomes your crutch. It's like you're gonna go apply for a job. Well, it's gonna be something in medicine, you know. But I wanted to do something different, so I was just looking through the classifieds, and there's this ad that popped out. It says make up to eighty thousand dollars. You know, we will train. And I was like, okay. So I went to that thing and um, this beautiful girl uh, interviews me and she's like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do a, a day of observation before we hire anybody. So you got to come in tomorrow. And I was like, all right, I'll come in. You know, I just wanted to see her again. <laughs> so so I, I, uh, I came back in and um, it was, uh, selling, you know, doing door-to-door sales, which I hated. I mean, I'd never done anything like that before. I was you know, my, my training was all in medicine, so I knew nothing about selling or anything. Had, had it not been her that interviewed me and everything, I probably would have never come back and I would have gotten a job in a hospital or something like that, you know. But uh, but no, I came back. I obviously got that job and, and then some. And, um, you know, I, I got really good at it, actually. I, I um, you know, I, I learned how to sell. I ended up building several teams of salespeople. Melinda and I... Um, eventually hooked up and we, uh, we opened several offices ourselves uh, and trained hundreds of, of, of door-to-door sales teams. And, uh, but eventually I just found myself uh, once again working for you know, a, big, big, uh, a big machine, you know, a big corporation and, and I was being told what to do again and it was just like, uh. so um, you know, money became tight once again because like, any, like anything else, you, know, you, you could be making 100000 a year but if you spend 101 you're broke, broke is broke. <laughs> So we were, we were there, man. And, and, uh, and we decided to, um, uh, uh, you know, try to make some extra money on the internet just to supplement, you know, uh, um, I, I mean, it was rough. It was the summer. It was the, um, uh, the winter. It was, it was, it was, uh, just about Christmas time in 2005, I, I believe it was no 2006. And, um, what ended up happening was I realized we didn't have enough money to buy Christmas presents. And I was like, man, this is this is crazy. We work so hard and uh, and we're struggling here, you know, and I decided I was going to try to sell all the stuff in my garage. I got a bunch of just junk. Right. And I was like, let me put this stuff on eBay. Somebody might want it. And that's when the whole quest to to make some money from the Internet began. It began in eBay selling stuff from my garage, uh, you know, back in 2006. Wow. You know, you know, what's so amazing about this is, again, because I've gotten to know you over the years and I and you are like a masterful marketer and salesperson. So, you know, it's I think it's wonderful for people to know that uh, when you first started out, you don't have a clue. You know, uh, I have another mentor of mine. He has a wonderful statement. He says uh, every master was once a disaster. So <laughs> would you say that applied to you at some point? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't know a fraction of the stuff that I know now with regards to the internet. But you know, I, I knew everything I needed to, knew, to to know to be successful. And I think that uh, that's 
what's often overlooked by people on the quest to succeed, to succeed at anything. Uh, the reality is that when it came to the internet and internet marketing, it, that, that, the, the, the technical part, Lewis, the, the, the internet part of it, that's 10%. The success part is 90% you. It's, it's, it has to do with everything else. You know, the, the software that I use, the internet skills, all of that stuff, that, that comprises 10% of my success. The other 90% is comprised of, with conviction, faith, life experience, dedication, hard work. That's the stuff that you can't teach. You know, I, I, I bring people into, uh, into business and I, I get, you know, I have a lot of people that, I, that are my students and, you know, I, I tell them all the time, I'm like, look, I can't teach you work ethic. You got to bring that to the table. I can't teach you how to have conviction, how to have faith, how to have belief in yourself. I can't teach you those things. You know, I can teach you the internet part, the marketing part, the sales part, but that's, that's such a little part of your success. And I think that kind of holds true in anything, in anything that you set out to do. It's your conviction, it's your faith, it's your desire, it's your drive. That is more important than any of the specific little skills that you're going to learn to do that specific job or that specific career. You know what I mean? And, um, and that was the case with me. So was it a, from a disaster to a master? Uh, well, yeah, I, I used to screw up that 10 percent all the time because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know the platforms. I didn't know how to. But but all of that stuff can be taught if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to be a student that you could learn the 10 percent, you know, it's, it's what you bring. To, it's the other 90 percent that you bring the table to the table. that's going to determine whether or not you're truly, truly successful at anything. I totally, totally agree with you. Uh, in a nutshell, if you were to think back, how, how did your uh, experience in in medicine and being a paramedic, do you feel that in any way it had helped to enrich your internet marketing? Oh, well, I, I don't know about it. Uh, let's see. I would have to say that it served as a good motivator, as something that I didn't want to go back to doing. You know, it's it, it always, and to this day, the medicine part of it, you know, I'm passionate about it, so I still read blog posts about medicine. I still follow, you know, case studies. I, I read medical journals and things like that. So uh, it, it's almost like like my passion for music and 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 being a DJ. I was a DJ when I was in college, so I might not be at nightclubs or I might not be DJing weddings or anything like that anymore. But I still have a passion for music. I can still appreciate what another DJ is doing, and I put my headphones on and I dim on the lights and I rock out to the latest jam, you know. And 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 the same thing with medicine. I can read a medical journal. I can I can read about medical studies and new drugs that are being released and things like that. And I can still enjoy it all the same. So for me, it's like uh, leaving behind those things. I, I just left behind the job. The passion for the for for the things that 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 actually drove me to the job are still with me, and and I still enjoy them. But that particular job, uh, being a paramedic, yeah, it 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 sat it sat in my mind the whole time that I was building my business because I don't want to I don't want to ever have to go back and do that. I don't want to ever have to be forced because I need money to do a job that that sends me to really dangerous places where I have to do things that I otherwise wouldn't find myself doing. And and that was that was a motivator for me. I mean just the other night we were on a I was doing a webinar training session and uh, and and you know Murphy's law kicked in and a whole bunch of stuff started going wrong with what I was doing while I had a live audience and there were technical issues there was there's a whole bunch of stuff that that went wrong so software didn't work my computer crashed um, I, I was trying to do two things at the same time and the software locked up things that just kind of happen they're a little bit out of our control and you know a couple of people 
well, one, one person in particular that was in attendance said this was a live uh, internet show. And one person that was in attendance, they said, oh, my God, Omar, you must be so stressed out right now. This is such a stressful uh, situation to be in. And I laughed. And, and I was like, what? Stressful? I was like, you think this is stressful because my computer's crashing and my, my software locked up? Mm-hmm. This isn't stressful. I used to go to gang shootings in the Bronx and have to pull people out of burning buildings and I have to, you know, crawl underneath car wrecks and 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 pull out, you know, people that were hurt. And you, you, this isn't stressful. So in that regard, the job that I used to do serves a, as a good point of reference that I should be grateful for what I'm doing now and that I should be very thankful that my most stressful day is because I had a software crash. You know? <laughs> and, and and it was like, so it kind of, it, here, here's what it did for me, Louis. It gave me perspective. That's what it did. Well, you know what? I, what I'm hearing from you right now is that, yes, it gave you a powerful why that kept you driven forward, but it also prepared your character to deal with just about anything. And that's definitely, and I think, one of the things that adds to your success. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, would you share with us some of your more memorable mistakes that you made at the beginning of internet marketing? The mm. blunders. <laughs> yeah, you know, the first one that 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 comes into mind was, uh, you know, transitioning from my door-to-door sales persona into my internet sales persona. Um, I had to get out of my own way. My my biggest mistake was that I came onto the scene of internet marketing, and I thought I was so awesome at sales that I was going to single-handedly change the internet marketing landscape. You know, I was that guy, um, and I came in to the to the online space as a newbie to learn a new way of selling but i was convinced that well i'm a master at selling i've taught hundreds of people how to sell i've made tons of money in the hardest type of sales in my environment known to man i'm going to come onto the internet and i'm just going to rock it you know like i'm going to like just blaze the trail people are going to People are going to speak my name for years to come, you know, and, and, and what ended up happening was I got the shit kicked out of me when I, when I became <laughs> an internet marketer and I realized, whoa, this is a whole different ball game. Like, you know, you, selling on the internet is completely different because you don't have a person in front of you that you can talk to, that you can uh, read, that you can interact with. Uh, I can't look at facial expressions. I can't sense buying signals. Um, so all of that was gone. And now I had to learn technical ways to overcome sales apprehensions. I had to learn uh, technical ways to deliver those um, uh, those sales messages and still invoke that emotion that causes people to buy my products. I had to learn a whole new set of stuff. So when I came on, I came on like Billy Mays. I was the guy that would do the uh, sales videos like, hey, Omar Martin here, and you need to buy this product. Let me tell you why you're going to buy it. You better buy it right now because the price is going to go up. And if you don't buy it now, it's going to, you know, and I was, I was that guy. I was that guy. And, and everybody's just like, whoa, what the hell? You know, because here's the thing. Avoiding someone in person is a lot harder than avoiding someone on the internet, right? 
when I would do that in front of you at the house, people would throw money at me just to get rid of me. But when, I, when, when I'm on the internet, people just one click and boom, you're out of their face. So you've got to take a different approach to selling online. And I, I got that beat into me uh, pretty early on. So my biggest mistake was that in the beginning, I tried to be somebody that I'm not. I tried to be that person that I had to be in the field to sell products door to door. But on the internet, it's being genuine, transparent, upfront. It's delivering value. It's a, it's a completely different type of selling. Uh, there's there's a lot more of a lost leader involved on the internet space if you're going to to make money. It's particularly in my industry and what we do. You know, you want to just give out free content and free value in in order to attract a following, attract a tribe that you can monetize later. Um, it's totally different than the hard sell, so to speak, that car salesman hard sell. That is rich. Thank you so much for that. Those of you listening who are interested in learning how to make money online, Omar just gave you million-dollar nuggets. Omar, I know that there have been some very powerful mentors who have helped you grow into the brilliant marketer that you've become. Can you talk about some of them? Who are the most influential people in helping you develop your expertise as an, an internet marketer? Well, in the internet space, uh, there's been two specific uh, mentors that I've had that have really molded. Uh, I mean, I've learned from a lot of people, it's the internet, you know, and, and there are so many, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a perpetual student, so I study everything. I'm the kind of guy that saves the junk mail. You know what I mean? So when you say, <laughs> who, who taught you internet marketing? It's, it's, I've learned so much from so, you know, from so many different people, but there are two specific people that really shaped and guided my direction. Uh, the first one would be John Thornhill. Uh, that day that I turned to eBay to try to make some money for Christmas, well, I, I started searching around uh, for, for, you know, to try to learn how to sell on eBay. And one of the things that I did was uh, I, I realized, wow, there's this power seller, this little icon that means you're a power seller. It's like a little star next to your name. And I was like, well, how do, how do you become a power seller? That was my next question. And when I, when I put the word how to become, when I put the phrase, how do I become a power seller into the search bar in, in eBay, it came up with this book. And the book was called the 60-Day Power Seller Challenge uh, or the 30-Day Power Seller. I don't even remember. Never read the book. But here's <laughs> what happened. I, I bought the thing because I was like, well, I'm a smart guy. I'll buy the thing. I'll read it. I'll become a power seller and we'll make money from eBay. I bought the book. But uh, when I paid for it, I got this little digital file. And I paid like $12 for it. And I got this, this link. And it said, click the link to get your book. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I click a link to get a book. How does that happen? I, I you know, I was just, I just bought a book. Why? What, don't you need my address to send it to me? Well, I click the link, and all of a sudden, it downloaded this book, and now I was, it was on my computer, and I was like, holy! I was like, this is it. This is what I'm gonna do. In that moment, I knew I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life, because I just paid somebody $12 and they did nothing. There was a link already there waiting just to be disclosed. And the, the author of that book was John Thornhill. 
So I, <laughs> I become, I, I just wanted now, I, I didn't care about becoming a power seller anymore. I wanted to learn how to make eBooks. How do I make eBooks and sell eBooks? I want to make money selling links. Because remember for the years prior, I mean, you know, several years prior, I was carrying around merchandise going door to door. Now I can digitally sell little links for $12 a pop on the internet worldwide. Cause it was, I mean, it was like five o'clock in the morning for that, for John Thornhill at the time I bought that eBook and he, he's sleeping and he just made money. So to me, that just triggered this thing in my mind that I wanted to, I wanted to learn everything I possibly could about about this John Thornhill guy, who is this guy? What, how you know? And, I've got, and then eventually, I I learned that he he also teaches how to make eBooks. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. So that that kind of started my quest, and I wanted to follow and learn everything that this guy was doing. But the the funny thing is that um, he you know he introduced me to all of his he's British, so all of his internet marketing friends and people that he was introducing me were all Brits. So I, did, I already thought I was like screwed because I'm American and I'm like, man, only British people can make ebooks and make, make a profit. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, and then, and then the day came where he introduced me or he sent me an email promote because that's another thing. It's, it's like right after I bought this book, I, I, I downloaded the book and I had to enter my email address. So now he has my email and he starts sending me emails every day or every couple days promoting other products. And this is when I learned what is internet marketing and affiliate marketing. I was like, wait a second. Now he's sending, I downloaded the one ebook for $12 and now he's sending me emails recommending other things. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is just, because <laughs> it, it's stuff that I was interested in. And I was like, this is just amazing. I, I'm like, I, oh my God, you know, I, I, and I wanted to learn it all, uh, you know, and, and what he ended up doing is sending me one of those emails promoting a product by this other guy named Mike Filsame. So when I clicked on that link, this guy actually had video because all the stuff I'd learned up to now had nothing, you know, was, but I saw a video of this guy named Mike Filsame and this guy's an American marketer. He's actually speaking in English and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And <laughs> he was in sales and we, and, and, I, and I was like, man, I got to get to know this guy now. So I started buying Mike's products and I, I ended up meeting Mike at an event because uh, then I learned, oh, my God, there's Internet marketing events. And I'm like, I didn't even know there was this entire subculture of Internet marketers and they meet at events in big conference places. And, and I was like, my goodness, why that I've been a paramedic and a door to door salesman all this time. And this has been happening and I didn't know about it. You know, so <laughs> so I go and I meet Mike full same. We ended up becoming really good friends. Uh, I end up working with Mike. Uh, I ended up. Uh, you know, building my business and creating products. I started creating my own eBooks. I started creating my own websites. I started building my own business. And uh, within 18 months from the time that I started, uh, I was able to quit my job. Uh, at that time, I was working as a national sales manager for a very big company. And uh, we, Melinda and I had closed our door-to-door -door sales company because we, we, we had gotten married. We decided to settle down. The sales thing, the door-to-door -door sales thing, if you're a traveling salesman. So you're in a different city every week. You're in different places. You're, you know, so we wanted to get married. So um, we settled down in Florida. And, uh, and then I, I took a job as a national sales manager for a big pest control company. Um, so what ended up happening was we, we, uh, we, ended up building this business I, after 18 months I was able to make enough money to quit my job and I built it up to the point where we were making about $30,000 a month and by my third month of doing over $30,000 in income I just went ahead and I quit my job a few months after that Melinda quit hers it took me a while to convince her to quit hers but once she did then we both started working together from the house 
and building the company. Um, my company, Higher Level Strategies, actually, uh, Mike Filsame used to own 51% of the company. We, we opened it together, and then I later ended up buying him out. Uh, but those two guys, to answer your question, uh, John Thornhill and Mike Filsame were probably the most influential people. And to this day, uh, Mike and I are best friends. Uh, John and I, are, I can consider John a best friend. I mean, John has now come from the UK. He's slept in my house. We've, we've, we've gotten together many times. We are partners. We actually have a bank account together. We, we, are, we are business partners. And this is a guy that I, I downloaded his ebook on eBay. You know what I mean? And, uh, and now, <laughs> you know, here we are working together years later. This is beautiful. Omar, do you remember how you and I first connected? Uh, man, I, I don't. I think I ran into you at the supermarket or something. Yeah, right. The virtual supermarket that spans Toronto to Orlando, Florida. I bought something that you were selling online. Okay. As a matter of fact, I think it was one of these free offers that you were, it was a physical product that you mailed out. Okay. And I got it, and I remember loving it. And, of course, guess what? There were links in there. Right. And those links led me to other things, and then eventually I connected with you. Then I became part of your mastermind group called My Unfair Advantage. That's how you became a mentor of mine. And then I met you in person by coming to one of your Internet marketing events in Florida. Full circle. Right. This is this is fantastic stuff, man. I just love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and it's it's great that you mentioned that it was a free offer. It was a free plus shipping CD. If I'm not mistaken, it was Internet Selling for Newbies. That's right. And, right, and uh, it was one of our earlier products. That was within the first couple of years that I started doing internet marketing. So I think it might have been in my second uh, or the beginning of my third year in internet marketing, and uh, that was a partnered product with Mike Filsame. And we created uh, 11 videos teaching people how to get started, how to make their blog, how to uh, start creating an internet presence for themselves. And we put these videos on a CD and we made the offer $9.99, $9.99 and that covered shipping and handling. Uh, and, but the CD itself was free. And that was, that's a perfect example of what I mentioned earlier about the internet being lost leader type of a product because that brought you into what we call the sales funnel. And me investing that money into creating these CDs and that effort into doing the videos that were on the CD and not really selling them for a profit, uh, but rather just breaking even, if anything, with a lost leader, enabled people to get that, learn about me, click the links, and enter my funnel. And my funnel consisted of other products. And here we are, you and I, as a result, you're interviewing me now, uh, what, six, six years later? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so... So this is uh, th this is this is just the way that it works online. Totally different than on the on uh, you know in face to face or in retail sales. Like you're selling the whole product up front. You know, with internet marketing, you're you're creating a breadcrumb trail. You know, you're you're creating a trail for them to follow. And with each each little breadcrumb, they learn more about you, and they you know you develop an affinity to to that person or you veer away in another direction. But at the end of the funnel, you're, you're left with a whole bunch of really loyal, congruent followers. I, yeah, and, 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 and as well, um, I mean, it was, 
you deserve those followers, man, because you have a lot to offer. You know, I was thinking again and go back to your story about that tragic day in New York. And, uh, you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason and that reason is there to service. And, you know, you had this contribution to make and uh, I don't know, maybe it was the universe's way of guiding you toward it. This is wonderful. I know that the audience, all the storytellers who are here live listening today, are getting a lot from this. And there's more great stuff to come. Tell us about the role of entertainment in your marketing. Oh, man. Um, you know, when I, when that, that's such a great question, right? Because I've, you've watched me grow into that role that I currently, uh, into to the person that I am now. Because when I, when I first came on, I was the Bob Vila. And then I became the Howard Stern. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of moved, uh, I, I shifted quite a bit. Um, you know, I learned that on the internet, uh, the worst thing that you could try to do, at least in, in my particular situation, is try to please everybody. Um, I, I realized that it, with the help of, of Mike Filsame, actually, um, I learned I need to be myself and the right type of people will find me. Um, and I, I realized that I have to, if I'm going to keep people's attention in my videos, in my training and everything, there are so many distractions on the internet. And when I was selling door-to-door, face-to-face, one of the key things that you would do and that any good salesman does face-to-face is he maintains eye contact. And the moment that you start seeing that you're losing the person's eye contact, you do something in your sales pitch to get them back. You take a step, you move forward, you put something in their hand, you do something to get that eye contact back. On the internet, uh, there are so many things to make you lose that contact. I mean, people are looking at your sales message while they have Twitter open, Skype open, Facebook open, Periscope, all the other social networks. There's so many distractions. So it's 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 imperative that you do something to keep them, uh, you know, engaged. And I realize that if we're going to do that, we need to do it. They need to be enjoying. They need to have fun while they're absorbing your message. If your message is about sales or if your message is a training message, people need to be entertained. They need to, you know, someone asked me the other day, they said, Omar, I, I want to make a sales video. I want to make my first sales video and I learned from you how to write the script, but I want to know how long you think it should be. And I said, it, it has to be as long as it has to be. And they're like, well, that doesn't answer my question. I said, look, I'm not trying to sound like Gandhi or the Dalai Lama. I'm just telling you (laughs) the video needs to be as long as it has to be to get the message across. I said, there is no time to hit. There is no, are you going to run out of memory on your camera or something? It doesn't matter. There shouldn't be any limitation. And the response that I got was like, well, Omar, it's just that I'm a rambler. And I'm like, man, I'm the, I'm the father of all ramblers. What are you talking about? You can't <laughs> shut me up. And then he's like, well, the thing is, is like, I don't want to make a three hour video because people will get bored. And I said, you know what? I watched the movie Avatar and that movie was like three and a half hours. And I was glued to my seat the entire time. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And he's like, oh, well, that's different. I'm like, why is it different? Think about it. Why is it different? It was a movie. And you're making a video. 
Why was I not worried about how long it was taking me? I wasn't looking at my watch during the movie. Why? Because I was being entertained, because it was fun, because the, the story was great, because the special effects were out of this world, because I wanted to watch to see what was going to happen next. And it was great. It kept me wanting more. So the amount of time that the movie took was the amount of time that the movie took. It didn't matter. And the same thing has to happen with your message. Now, granted, there's a few things that you have to do right away in order to keep people because there's a lot of distractions on the Internet, right? So you got to get right to the point. You got to give them a you know, compelling message right away to keep them there. So I explained that. And, and, and then he said, well, how do I do that? I was like, entertain them. Make sure that they have fun. Get a good, cool story. Don't start telling it in the beginning. Start telling it in the middle and then jump to the end and go back to the front. Do this thing my friend Lewis taught me called in medias res. Do, <laughs> do, do whatever it's got, it, whatever it's going to take to get that person to sit there and pay attention and reach into the popcorn bag and, and just want to continue watching. That's how you're going to get people to absorb your message and to want more from you. And for me, entertainment... In, 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 my, um, in my marketing has become a key piece. Um, I theme everything that I do, um, I, whether it's whatever website I'm doing, whether I'm promoting my own product or someone else's product, you know, uh, because these eBooks, that I, they've become very complex now. Now there are training courses, they're, they're complete uh, um, media uh, courses, you know, with, with audios, with, with uh, downloadable items, all kinds of stuff. It's not just selling eBooks anymore. And um, I, I like to theme my products, whether I'm promoting the product that I made or I'm promoting the product that someone else made and I'm promoting it as an affiliate selling their product for them. Uh, I, I try to come up with skits. I try to come up with themes. I try to come up with uh, graphics that are going to compel uh, the attention. They're going to command the attention of the viewer and they're going to compel them to take action. And at the very least, they're going to make me stand out, uh, uh, stand apart from all the other people that are selling products in this space or all the other people that are promoting that product for that affiliate, right? So um, entertainment has become a huge part of, of the public face of my business. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I love it. I mean, I, I, every time I get a marketing message from you, I, I look forward to it because I know it's going to be entertaining. Now, for the benefit of our listeners, some people I'm sure are listening and they're going, that's great if you have the quote-unquote talent to be a wonderful performer or an actor or anything like that. And uh, what would you say to that? Well, you know, here's the thing. I used to get that all the time when people say, well, yeah, Omar, I can't do that. You can do that because you have the gift of gab. You know, there's very few things that make my blood boil, and that's one of them. When somebody attributes what I'm able to do today as having been a gift. Nobody ever came to my house with a box wrapped up in a little bow and handed it to me, and I opened it up, and there was Gab. And then from that day forward, I was able to talk the way I'm talking right now. It didn't happen that way. These things, selling, performing, entertaining, these are skills that you learn. You're taught how to do these things and you learn them and you perfect them through practice. And what you need is not a gift. What you need is will, determination, conviction, faith. Again, the 90%. If you want to do something, you can learn how to do it. Now, there are some 
things out there. And I'm not going to, because there's always one person that's, oh, no, 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 Omar, that's not true. Because you know what? I wanted to be a basketball player, but I'm too short. And I just don't have the God, I, I don't have the God-given height and the talent that I need. But you know, there are, there are, there are short basketball players like Spud Webb that defy gravity. You know, there are, there are all types of people. So are there certain types of jobs and certain types of careers where, yes, having a natural predisposition to success is there? Yeah, absolutely. But we live in an imperfect world. We live in a, we live in a world where, you know, so, some people have certain advantages of, uh, other, uh, over others. However, I don't believe that uh, that there are such disadvantages that anyone can't overcome, and I definitely don't believe that my ability to entertain people or to sell or anything like that was any kind of a gift or any kind of uh, you know um, a, a thing that anyone else can't learn how to do. I used to I used to be a, a, a paramedic. I knew nothing about sales. I mean nothing. Um, I never in, in my career as a paramedic, the only time I ever used a computer was when I was at the library, uh, or when I was doing homework for my classes or something like that. You know what I mean? And even then it was just a word processor, like typing a report or, uh, you know, I mean, the internet wasn't what it is now. I mean, the, when I was going to college, the internet was just as in, in its inception. It was in its, in its beginning stages, you know, and um, I, I, we still used card catalogs in the library is what I'm saying. You know, uh, the, the kids nowadays don't even know what the Dewey decimal system is, you know, uh, but back then, um, I didn't know any of this stuff. I was, I was totally, I, I've learned every single bit of this from the selling part, the entertaining part. Uh, I had to get over the butterflies in my stomach when the camera turned on. I had to, and I did that by just continuing to do it over and over again by becoming, by being, you know, just con having the conviction, having the will, having the desire to succeed. I knew that I was going to overcome everything else. So I, I, I don't, you know, to answer your question again, I just think, I think this is something that anyone can do. I think anything is something that anyone can do as long as you have that 90%, which is comprised of the faith, the conviction and all that. None of it is a gift. None of it is a, a predisposition to success. Uh, I think we are all in that regard. We all have the same abilities and, and, and we all have the capability of overcoming any kind of disadvantages that we might have towards achieving a similar goal. I love that answer, and I totally 120% agree with you. It's the mindset. And, you know, to, you know, to add um, some even more backing to what you so eloquently just expressed, I, as you know, I'm a professional actor. So and I've taught acting. And when I first taught acting many, many decades ago, I used to have that belief, which I think is a limiting belief, that some people had just have you know, that gift of talent and others can't learn it. Now, I no longer believe that. I do believe what you said, that anyone can learn it. And what I love about what I see you do and other marketers do is I watch your entertaining and engaging videos. And from an acting point of view, I could tear them apart. I could say, no, that person is obviously not an actor. But you know what? It doesn't matter because... The intensity, the passion, the, uh, the, the truth of what you're getting across is all there, and the entertainment value is extremely high. You don't have to be a professional actor 
to be able to do it. A great example, too, is your your mentor, Mike Filsame. Mike Filsame is not an actor, and, and neither is Andy Jenkins. And yet, when the two of them launched the, um, what was that wonderful platform that I ended up buying, um, the webinar, uh, webinar, webinar Jam. Jam. Okay, they did the most amazing, entertaining um, promotion for that, and they were playing characters, and you look at them and you say, no, they're not professional actors. It didn't matter. It was their commitment to it that made it so exciting, and of course, the content that they were delivering. So I told, I really, really want people to get this because it goes back to anyone can tell a story. So in terms of story, how important is storytelling in marketing for you? Well, stories are, are, are huge. I mean, uh, first of all, writing copy is, is a part of everything that you do because you're always selling, whether you're writing copy for an email or you're writing copy for a sales page, or even if you're writing content inside of an ebook, you're always selling. You're always trying to get that reader, that prospect, that viewer to the next stage in your sales process, in your sales. You, you know, I, I live in and run my business through the mantra, by the mantra, that is, your order is never complete. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if somebody, if, 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 if you ever land on a website that says your order is complete, you know, I'm like, well, what do you mean my order is complete? I, 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 you know what I mean? If I wanted to give you more money right now, you wouldn't take it. You know, it, it, it makes no sense. So how do you keep people wanting to buy more? How do you keep people wanting to, to consume more from you, whether by, by purchasing a products or by learning from you or whatever? How do you get them wanting to consume more? Well, you do that by bringing them into a story. You have to you have to have people come into a story. Now it could be the story of you, the story of how you got to where you are. It could be the story of how you made what you're making and why you made it. How, it could be the story about what you're about to do, but it's got to be the story because the product itself, the features and the benefits, that's great, you know. Uh, but stories stories create uh, loyalty. Products create satisfaction. And what you want to do in a business, especially on the internet, is create loyalty. Because the thing is this, would you rather your spouse be loyal or satisfied? <laughs> right? Satisfied people will buy from anyone, but loyal people will only buy from you. And when you're creating products and selling them with a story, that story brings people closer to you and it makes them loyal. When you're just selling a product and talking about the features of the benefits, yeah, that product is gonna satisfy them. But they're just gonna buy products from anybody that satisfies them. When you tell a story, it's going to bring them in. And there are, there are you know, telling a story is pretty easy. People, people we tell stories all the time. It's it, throughout the course of your day, you tell dozens of stories, right? But we complicate it all of a sudden when we attach a price tag to it or we attach a mission to it. That's like the purpose of this story is to get this person to do this. Or the purpose of this story is to get them to buy or to get the, you know, to take an action. All of a sudden we get all freaked out about the storytelling part. It's like, oh my God, well, I gotta do that. I, I you know. People say, well, oh my God, Omar, I can never be like you on video and I can never entertain. And, you know, that's you're like, I'm not a, I never, I've never, I haven't taken an acting class in my life. You know, I have, I, nothing like that, you know, but I, I would ask this, this, this question then, how come America's Funniest Home Videos was one of the biggest watched shows ever? None of the people in that content were actors. 
it was all natural stuff that happened. It was just things that got caught on camera. Of the, but it was a huge entertainment value. Now, mind, mind you, m most of the stuff is accidental that happens in those videos, and it's not purposeful. But my point is that you can be entertaining, uh, and you usually are entertaining when you're just yourself. And when you try and you force to you know uh, a character or you force something, it's 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 just become that. And I think the true power of a learned actor is that one that can naturally bring out that character, as opposed to someone that's forcing that character. I think the person that that gets really uh, into character well in a movie or whatever is somebody that that brings it out naturally that brings you know instead of trying to force that character out and i think with with internet marketing and with selling and with entertainment value uh, in, in your videos, it just comes down to being more of you, to, to not being afraid to, to tell your story, to share you, and to just be genuine. Uh, that, in my particular case, has, has worked out a lot better than in the beginning when I tried to pretend to be Bob Vila, sales expert. That's fantastic. And, uh, you know, in acting, the greatest actors have a, um, an integral sense of truth in that when their characters are compelling, it's because they're being themselves in that character. Mm. They're sharing something about who they are uh, in the storytelling that happens to be in the mask of a character. So what I'm also getting from you is that the product, the service, those are the facts, but the story that surrounds that product or service, that's the truth. And that's what gets you the loyalty. You know, here's the thing, Lewis. People, people buy people. People buy stories. You know what I mean? Um, they, they don't necessarily buy products. Um, people make purchase decisions based on emotion. That is just a fact. I mean, especially, especially when it comes to internet products. Nobody wakes up in the morning and turns to their spouse and says, Honey, I sure hope that I get an email from Omar Martin today with a link to a product that I had no intention of buying so that I can buy it. <laughs> no, nobody does that, right? Nobody schedules in their calendar to buy something through a link in, in an email on Thursday. It, it doesn't happen, right? We, are, we make these decision, decisions based on impulse, and that impulse is raised on emotion. So – we, we make decisions to buy product. And this isn't stuff, this isn't kooky, psychobabble stuff that I'm making up. This is fact. We buy things based on emotion. Then we justify those purchases after the fact using logic. So emotion makes us buy. Logic makes us keep. So the key is get them to buy with a story. Bring them in. Raise their impulse with emotion. And then justify their purchase with value. Deliver, over-deliver. And, and let me tell you, over-deliver. The word over-deliver is probably one of the most overused and incorrectly used words in our industry. I over-deliver, man. I'm on. Look, over-delivering doesn't mean that your product is awesomer than you, than you promised. Uh, over-delivering means you gave them more product than they paid for. And, and that's a big difference. Telling people, yeah, well, my product, I only told you it was going to be this awesome, but in fact, it's this awesome. No, that's not over-delivering. Over-delivering means I told you I was going to give you one, two, three things, but when you went into your members area, you got 10 things. And you're like, holy cow, I, is this a mistake? He's given me all this extra stuff. That's called over-delivering. So now logic 
keeps them anchored to the purchase. Emotion got them to take action, but over-delivering and logic keeps them from refunding. Mm. And that is a very important combination because it's not just getting them to buy, it's getting them to keep. And that's a very important distinction. Well, I love what you just said. And you know, you were talking before about uh, your mantra being uh, that the sale is never complete and it's about how do we get them to buy more. And for people who may be in sales but may be uncomfortable about that notion, uh, my read on that is it's not about being greedy. It's about each time they buy, quote unquote, more, they're getting more value. And you keep raising the ante in terms of the value that they get. And so it's not that you're finding ways to, you know, how can I take more money from them? But how can I get them to be excited enough to want to invest more and more in themselves so that they can get more and more value, right? Absolutely. You know, your order is never complete uh, means there's always something you're going to need. People need things every day. We are consumers. We consume things every day and we need them over and over again and we need new things over and over again. My job as an internet marketer, as a salesperson, I'm a connector. I'm a problem solver. So you have a problem? Okay, what's that problem? Okay, let me go find a solution. If I can't find it, I'm going to become an expert in it. I'm going to make it. Then I'm going to come back and put it in front of you and I'm going to ask you to pay me for the work that I just did for you. Okay, excellent. What other problem do you have? All right, let's see that one now. Okay, excellent. Let me go figure it out. Let me come and bring you the thing in front. Okay, excellent. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, this one's going to cost you $20. Okay, what other problem do you have? All right, I am a problem solver. And I, what, what I've done is I've built trust with you. And now that you trust that I am a problem solver, I'm going to try to find every single problem that I can solve for you. And I, it, it is, you know, bottom line is this. If you have something that can help someone else to better their lives, it is your moral and ethical obligation to sell it to them. And what, what I mean, you might say, well, why not give it to them? Well, because you know what? I need to live too. And money is what helps me make a living. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I didn't do this to build a charity. I'm here to solve problems. I'm here to help people. But that, that solution, those things cost money. So let's find an arrangement where I'm compensated properly for my time. You're, you're getting your problem solved. And then we can move on to the next problem and so on and so forth. So how do you, how do you get that person to always trust you for their next problem and their next problem and, and solving all these problems and buying all these products? How do you do that? Well, you bring them into your story and you build loyalty. I'm not trying to satisfy them with that first product or with that first video. I'm trying to make them loyal. And I do that by having, by establishing a connection with them, by triggering emotions and by actually, I do that with a story because stories make people think. They make people relate, right? So if I tell a story where like, you know, um, guys, myself, myself, and my wife, Melinda, uh, we met um, in Orlando, Florida, when I was just, you know, my, my head was just scrambled eggs. I didn't know what I was doing with my life. And it was a very, very, uh, 
pivotal moment when I met my wife because she introduced me to a whole new career that I never even knew I had the capability to do. And I probably wouldn't have been able to do it had I not fallen in love with her and seen that she was so beautiful and and wanted to come back to that job every single day just because I wanted to know more about her. But funny thing is in the process of, of learning about my wife, I actually learned a whole new career, a whole new trade. And me and her, we went on to get married. And you know what? We had our ups and downs when we got married. We, uh, we, we actually ended up taking a couple of different sales jobs here and there. And we even found ourselves homeless at one point. Yeah, at one point in our career, uh, when we were traveling, we didn't have anywhere to live and we were making cash daily. And uh, and we found out about a, uh, an apartment that uh, that someone had abandoned. And, and, and we kind of went there after it got dark and, and we went into that house and we stayed there for almost a whole week. And we had no power, and no water, and it was an abandoned. We slept on the floor in a closet of an abandoned building. And it was just part of our story. It was what we had to do. But we, we were happy there because we had a roof over our head and we prayed together and, and, and we were best friends and, 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 and we stuck it out. And you know, what we ended up working hard and and slowly but surely we were able to eventually get an apartment and later on buy a do- buy a house and now we've got three dogs in our house and we've built our business and and see that story that I just told you which by the way is a true story that made a connection I I'm no longer just a salesman I'm I'm no longer just the guy with the product now I'm Omar and Melinda the the ones that you know, met at a job interview, the ones that had to struggle up and down and something somewhere in there resonated with you in your life, something that you've gone through. So that connection is what creates the loyalty that's going to keep you buying, that's going to keep you, uh, you know, just, just, uh, that's, that's going to keep you as part of my inner circle and my business. You know, that was very powerful. I'm so glad that you that you you told that story, and for our listeners, by the way, um, uh, I have been buying things from Omar Martin for a long time, and um, what you're hearing is, I'm sure you can hear the authenticity in his voice. Uh, this is not an act. This is the real thing, and you have won my loyalty. When I get something from you. I look at it and I look at it with a serious interest. And I also have that comfort that I know that you're never going to lie to me. And that when I buy something that I'm either going to get great value from it, or if I find that I, it's not what I wanted or that it's it, that I can trust that you will understand that and you'll give me a refund. Now, I don't think I've ever asked for a refund, but, um, it's true. Everything you're saying is absolutely true. And, and I know because I'm a friend and a loyal customer of yours. And it's it's fantastic. Now, we have a few minutes left. I would love for you to share with people how they can take advantage of what you have to offer um, and specifically perhaps focus on my unfair advantage. Tell them what it is and how they can become part of it. Well, sure. Uh, My Unfair Advantage is actually our flagship uh, product. It is a uh, um, a collection under in one membership site. It is a collection of every tool, every training, every product that I've used to build my business, and uh, it's turned into a family really of of over four thousand people now that uh, we lean on each other, we help each other build our businesses, and what what I do is every Thursday night 
um, I do a live um, a presentation, and it's 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 a really fun webinar that everybody gets on. And this uh, this week actually was episode number two hundred and fifty two. So we've been doing this for years. I mean, there's been TV shows that don't run two hundred and fifty two episodes, but uh, we've been doing this for a very long time. And we have a very loyal following, and you can find out more about it at myunfairadvantage.net. Uh, you can learn more about me at my blog, omarmartin.com, and um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Thank you very much, Lewis, for, for giving me the opportunity to introduce uh, my products to your following. Oh, man, thanks for enriching uh, our show with your stories. And by the way, why don't you tell us just a little bit more about what people can expect to get from my unfair, from my unfair advantage. Now, I, I was one of the charter members, man. I remember yeah. I came in at the very beginning, and I, uh, I, you know, I can't say enough about what what value I've gotten from it. But why don't you share some of the things that people will get from it? Right. Well, you know what it was is um, I, I hired when when I when I ended up becoming an internet marketer and quitting my job, um, my boss that used to my the guy that actually used to tell me what to do, he ended up saying, "Hey, man, what is it that you're working on?" Uh, and I told him, and he ended up coming and working for me. So my boss ended up working for me. And here's the funny thing: within a few months of him working for me in my office now and seeing what I was doing, he built a business that was even bigger than mine. He was making almost $50,000 a month, and he did that in a fraction of the time that it took me. And I once asked him, I said, dude, how did you do that? And he said, I had an unfair advantage, man. He goes, I've, I came into this already seeing what you've built. I was able to work side by side with you, watch everything you do. I was able to use all of your tools. I was able to work under your roof. And I said, wow, I said, we need to do this for other people. So we came up with My Unfair Advantage and we put together a, a website, a membership site that literally contains all of the tools, the websites, the templates, the, the all of the physical things that that I use in my business, and in addition, all of the video training where I where I go over how I use all of those tools, plus live counseling, coaching every single Thursday, so that when you do hit a brick wall, which you will, uh, you you have someone to to ask questions to. Uh, you know, you have someone there that has already done it and that's in the trenches doing it, running a business in it. So it became something that people love. People love coming in there because, uh, it, you know, it's kind of, I call it like Disney World. You know, it's like going on vacation at Disney World. You got so much to do that you're not going to have enough time to use it all in one week, right? But it sure is nice to know that it's there. Eventually, you will need the list building training. Maybe you won't need that on the first day you join, but you it's all there. Everything that I use in my business is there, and I think that that's why so many people love it. Oh, man. Well, I love it. And again, I want to thank you so much. And, you know, um, to uh, people listening today, I know that you got some great value from this. I highly encourage you to visit Omar's sites, especially if you have a business and you want to expand that business. He's the man who will show you exactly how to do it, and I guarantee you'll have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Send your comments about what you're getting from this show to lewis at changeyourstorypodcast.com. And Lewis is L-O-U-I-S. Remember to continue your education and your entertainment by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Download your free audiobook choosing from 180,000 titles.
For your convenience and listening pleasure, you can hear this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio, as well as the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. And of course, on the website, you will get access to the gift that I've created for you, an ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. During the next week, ask yourself how much of your communication in life and in business is about cold facts. And then think about how you can find the story, the emotional story beneath those facts that will impact people, make them listen to you, want to engage with you, and do business with you. And always remember to keep asking, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.